0: Hey guys this is Kit coming to you from the editing room and I just want to give a quick shout outs to our sponsors of this episode, Whisker Seeker Tackle here in Grimes, Iowa and Fire Trucker Brewery out of Ankeny, Iowa. Yeah, they're just a couple of local companies supporting two local guys. So if you want some of the highest rated catfishing gear out there, head on over to WhiskerSeeker.com. And I almost forgot that Whisker Seeker Tackle is doing their catfish adventure pack giveaway which is $1,200 worth of catfishing stuff. So make sure you subscribe to their newsletter and you get more entries by sharing, referring a friend or following their Facebook page. Winners are going to be announced first week of June. And last but not least, if you're in the Ankeny, Iowa area, stop by a fire Trucker brewery. Let them know that you listen to Bearfish Fanatics and they'll give you a dollar off your beer other than that guys hope you guys enjoy the episode you got it 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 was the chord huh guys (laughs) yes it was chord. so what two bad
1: chords two two bad chords and uh my wife would say, dude, you're cheap, throw that shit away, quit quit <laughs> salvaging it, because I've been trying to salvage it, gentlemen, I'm not going to lie, those damn two cords, just get rid of it.
2: Two bad cords and a <laughs> walleye in a cedar tree. <laughs> <laughs> something like that, something like that. <laughs>
3: All
1: right, everybody, welcome back to Beerfish Fanatics. This is Grandy with My Pop Sports and mop Pop Fishing, and we got... Kit with the Fishing Kit YouTube channel. And today we are back on site at our newest sponsor of the bff podcast everybody it it is fire trucker so everybody just to give you guys a heads up huge shout out to uh, fire trucker brewing company to actually partner with us truly appreciate that and uh we wouldn't want to partner with anybody else because, you know,
0: local is the best, right? Support local? Yeah. Speaking of local, what about, uh, you know, that Whisker Seeker? What's going on there? Yeah, there you guys go. They have
1: joined on board to uh, revamp another year with Beerfish Fanatics. Yeah, so, yeah.
3: woo-woo-woo-woo-woo.
1: <laughs> you guys got it going on. <laughs> yeah, we, we're trying a little bit. I mean, maybe you know, somebody's got to, you know, Worry about the little guys. I, I, no. I think I think we're considered like the litter guy, little guys, little guys. I guess. So.
2: You are the
0: little guys. Yeah, yeah. Especially compared to Jeff. <laughs> Here we go. Right. So.
1: You know, Goes right into it. So everybody, if you guys hear that voice and it sounds familiar, if you guys heard them before, we have Mr. Jeff Kapaska from the Iowa DNR joining us. Welcome, Jeff.
2: Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. This is a lot of fun. I, uh, I've i missed these times together. It's been a little while, but uh, glad to be back in the saddle. Yeah. yeah,
0: Welcome back.
1: Cheers, cheers, cheers. And he's drinking H2O today. Yes, water
0: for me. <laughs> you know, like right, the yeah. true professional that he is. <laughs> yep,
1: yep. Uh, I'm drinking, uh, like you guys said, you guys got to try the brown ales. It's one of the better brown ales uh, in Iowa that I've ever had, actually.
2: Is uh, that the Burnout Brown? Yes. That is outstanding. Now, they've got another brown on tap here also, I see. So the, the Burnout Brown has some caramel and toffee flavors, but the other, the modern, I, modern something... Is it like a salted caramel smooth? Have you tried that one yet? I don't think I have. I'm gonna look forward to trying that at some point in time here in the future. The the uh,
1: other beer that they had here is really, I mean, obviously good is the uh, the pumper truck. Oh yeah, it's a porter. So uh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, it's a porter in in. Um, during the winter time i think my wife and i we because we we're really into the dark beers during yep. winter when yep. it winter my comes. wife too Yep,
2: and beer. me i mean i like a lot of different <laughs> kinds of beers so same here
0: what do you got Thanks. over there guy i have the whippa Snappa. so i, I think it's a west coast ipa so it's not very
2: hazy so yeah west coast versus a new england hazy ipa oh, yeah. Yeah. there you go this,
0: this guy knows his beer Oh uh, man he, he, he knows a few things here and there
2: i've I've been around the block once or twice. Yeah, it's
0: it's pretty smooth. Um, I don't. I don't, If you're not into I, if you're not into IPAs, I don't know if it's the beer for you. But I like IPAs. I normally get the uh, the Iowa IPA, which is an American IPA here. Yeah. And I was talking to Jeff, like, you know, what? I'm gonna try something different. And hey. then I just get another IPA. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go, man. Uh, but also, just uh, hey, the listeners, just to kind of give you guys a heads up, I think we're going to release this episode uh, right before we are going to be at the Iowa Beer Craft Festival. So yes. just to give everybody a heads up, you guys are listening to this. It is probably the weekend right after this episode is released, so we will be there. Uh, it's going to be downtown at uh, Waterworks Park. Des Moines, Iowa. Nice. So go check it out, guys. Go, I think tickets are still available. Uh, and I believe it's from noon till 4 p.m. on Saturday, June 3rd. Uh, Fishing Kit, myself will be there. Stop by the booth. We'll have stickers, some BFF stickers. Uh, all kinds of other stickers i don't know what else and then you guys can come and drink with us
0: yeah yeah and then we'll probably be recording randomly with yes with uh maybe jeff if maybe. he stops by yeah. we'll see we'll yeah. see yeah. so you can get uh yeah hopefully jeff can come by and then we have a few
1: other guests that are on online so make sure you guys tune in and you'll 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 get a chance to see some of our guests if you guys swing by there on that saturday june 3rd so make sure
0: you oh, do that like a guy that hands out river certifications or something There's something, a something like that. Oh. I've been talking to him a little bit. There's a possibility that very nice
1: you know, you never know. We'll, we'll see who, who's going to show up there on that sack. so like I said, uh, make sure you guys swing by the booth the Iowa Craft Beer Festival June 3rd from noon till 4pm. I think tickets are available and it's um, I believe it's like unlimited drinks there by the way guys so if you buy the ticket, you go in, I think it's like $40, $50 but it's unlimited drinks for four or five hours and then you get to t- taste every beer like they just pour into your cup cool. I think
0: that's what that's we did a couple years yeah yeah you just yeah. have like a little a little cup four ounce or something yeah, like that yeah. yeah
1: so you get to try all kinds of beers and if you know people sounds are one, like you guys are gonna have a good time oh yeah. i'm not so sure that i can do this and be, <laughs> uh, be who i am but uh, yeah it'll be fun it'll be fun so make sure you guys check that out um and then Today, we wanted to get Jeff on because we haven't had Jeff on in, damn, it's been since winter. I remember that. Yeah. The last time we had it, it was winter because we were out in the freaking cold when we were downtown. Yep. I remember that. At, uh, East um, Village. East Village, yeah. Yeah,
2: we were in the East Village. We were at 1717 before they closed down. Or yeah. was, it yep. 17, was it 17? 1717. Yeah, 17, 17, yeah, yeah, yep. before yep. they closed down. But, yep. yeah,
1: we were there and then uh, went to, it was a KXNO birthday bash. That's right. We went yeah, there. That's right. So been a while since we had the iowa dnr back on i mean what have you been up to what has the iowa dnr
2: been up to we have been really hard at work um so since we're rolling back uh the time a little bit the um, the walleye collection that dominates what we do in the month of april and that's you know that's really the first big thing that we have going on this was the best that we have ever done with our walleye collections Hmm. um so obviously spring progresses south to north so the first teams that go out uh are at rathbun okay and they usually end up working somewhere around nine to twelve days in a row at rathbun um just you know bringing the fish in uh but you know, we had that stretch in early April where it got warm, 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 really warm, uh-huh. like three 80 degree days in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like Rathbun started on either a Friday or a, like I think maybe it was a Thursday and Storm Lake started maybe the next day. And those two teams went, I think, six nights. And we started, I was at Clear Lake this year, we started on Sunday night. It was Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we netted Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. And by the time we had worked for three nights and they had worked for six nights, we had collected all of the fish that we needed and had everything that we needed for females and eggs and everything else that the crews at, at Spirit Lake and Okoboji never went out because we filled the Rathbun Hatchery and we filled the Spirit Lake Hatchery basically in less than a week. And we've never netted for only three days at at Clear Lake. We had over a thousand fish in three days. It was just phenomenal. The populations of fish in Rathbun, in Storm Lake, in Clear Lake are just outstanding. And the weather really, really cooperated with us. Mm -hmm. So the combination of having outstanding walleye populations and really amenable weather to the work that we were doing mm-hmm. allowed us to complete our work in record time. So just phenomenal. So you Absolutely guys
1: phenomenal. harvest a lot of walleye. So does that mean the walleye fishermen in Iowa are not doing very well? Or?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, that, that allows us to transition to the next thing, which is the Iowa Walleye Challenge. There we so go. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, we are sitting here the, what, 22nd of May today? 23rd. 23rd? Third, yep, 23rd. So the Iowa Walleye Challenge has been going since the 1st of May. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have more anglers participating this year than we had during the two-month run of the Walleye Challenge in 2022. We have more... Um, anglers reporting catches than we had the whole time in 2022. We have, we, I think had like 41 different water bodies where anglers caught walleyes in 2022 Mm -hmm. and we're at over 50 already this year in 2022, over the nine weeks, the two months, we had just over 2000 fish caught and we're at over 1200 fish caught in the first three weeks of this competition in 2023 so things are going really really well iowa anglers are catching fish i think for me uh, i wish that we had a few more anglers participating that's the that's the challenge that that i see in front of me is is trying to figure out how we get more anglers to participate but the ones that are doing it are doing really well
1: so right now just so people who are listening to this when does this end? Because some people are like, oh, it's too late. They already started. Is is that the case? Or, you know, if, if I'm like, oh, shit, I just heard about this right now. What do I do?
2: There's another five weeks. This goes through the end of June. Uh, and let's just throw some examples out there. There's probably, I think we have $800 in prize, prizes, and it's all cash for walleyes caught at Red Rock. Nobody's reported a fish caught at Red Rock yet. Wow. What? Okay
0: no 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 walleyes at red rock no walleyes at red rock that's on the lake, or does that include below the spillway? we
2: will include below the spillway we have i don't believe that we've had any walleyes reported from the des moines river between sailorville and red rock i don't believe we've had any walleyes reported from easter lake yet okay and there are localized prizes to win for catching walleyes so you may not be if you join today you may not be in the running to catch the most walleyes for the whole competition, mm-hmm. but you could still catch the most walleyes in a week. There's certainly a ton of prizes available for catching the biggest and the most walleyes at a variety of different places. Um, I don't know how widespread this is, but, you know, we've only had a few walleyes reported down in the Creston area so far, mm-hmm. only a few walleyes over at Lake Manawa and Council Bluffs. Nobody's caught any at Browns Lake in Sioux City yet. Nobody's caught any at Lost Grove Lake and outside of Davenport yet. Um, there are there are tons and tons of local prizes still to be won. We just need people to sign up and report their catches.
0: So right, you can't win if you
2: don't play. That's right.
1: And and how much does it cost to, to register if you're looking to play or to fish in this tournament?
2: Uh, two shad wraps. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, I think you're right. It's 25
2: bucks. Right. It's 25 bucks.
1: And, so, and 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 I think the biggest thing. So I I wanted to ask you Jeff this because those locations, I'm gonna tell you this right now. It's hard for me to believe that nobody's caught some right, you know, walleyes there. That in the past month, okay. Yep. What if they like? I don't want to give up my hot spot. I don't want them to know that I'm freaking catching walleyes here. Hello, you know, this is my shit, man. I don't want nobody to come here. So what would, I guess, constitute that person to, like, you know what? I'm not going to give up my house power.
2: (laughs) So here's the deal. Number one, I don't know where you caught the fish. Okay? Mm -hmm. I... Nobody, the the one person that knows exactly where fish are caught, besides the angler who reports the fish, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's on your phone. And for us to verify it, it, you have to use the app on your phone, and it looks to see that you're on the water. Because, let's be honest, we had a couple of people report the no-catch outings Mm -hmm. by turning their phone on and off in their backyard. Mm. Okay, so we, I mean... (laughs) But, Good try, buddy. <laughs> right, you know, and okay, fine, whatever. You know, you want to do that, that's fine. But we, the the phone tells you where you're at. So mm-hmm. if you're doing that in your backyard, the other guy, not me, I don't see any of that data. He's been telling me, okay, we had to disqualify. We had to not allow this as one of the uh, potentials for a for a no-catch week because, you know, it was turned on and off in their backyard. But I never see where the fish are caught, right? The Mm -hmm. only guy that that sees that lives nine hours north of Vancouver in (laughs) British Columbia. And he's not coming here to fish your spot. Okay. Okay? That's first and foremost. Second, I can see some of the data on the back end. Like, I can look at a water body and see how many catches there were at that water body. So I know, like, in the first two weeks of May only one angler fished down at creston he didn't fish at green valley he didn't fish at 12 mile he only fished at three mile and he caught three fish okay and that is the person that won the 25 dollar gift card to dad's bait shop in afton Mm. for the most walleyes caught in the creston area in the first two weeks of may now A whole bunch of walleyes are getting caught down there right now Mm. right it's just that those folks aren't signed up for the event but i don't know who that person was and i don't and i only know that they fished three mile and i am the only one that even knows that no you couldn't get on the website and Mm -hmm. see that you can see who's caught the most fish so Shane Hupp has caught the most fish, okay. and you can see who's caught the biggest fish. And I forget the fellow's name, but I think it's a 28 and a half inch walleye is the Ooh. biggest walleye caught so far. Not bad. Okay, that's a nice fish. Well, that could win the whole thing. I think it was a 27 and some that won it last, last year. year. Yeah. So you know, that's a nice fish. That's mm-hmm. a you. If you want to win, there's your target. You can go after that. But we've also got tons of local prizes yet for the biggest fish the biggest fish at big creek is still up for grabs the biggest fish in the des moines river the biggest fish in easter lake in red rock in sailorville etc there's prizes for all of those places you know so i i i can't do more than say this is a really good thing to be involved in i can't do more than say we're not going to know your spot and nobody's going to know until the end of the competition where you were even fishing like okay at you know july 4th or july 5th whatever we're gonna say fishing kit you won for catching the biggest walleye out of the des moines river great job okay (laughs) but but nobody is gonna know anything about that until the end of the competition so we're not going to be giving up any secrets like the the largest walleye caught so far i have no idea where that fish was caught the most walleyes caught so far, I have no idea where those fish are being caught, except for the fact that I know that about 350 walleyes have been caught out of Big Creek already. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say probably some of those are getting caught <laughs> <laughs> out of Big Creek, but that's not a big, you know, that's not a big surprise because the yeah. population in Big Creek is phenomenal. Yeah, um, We're also seeing lots of fish caught out of Black Hawk Lake, which, you know, cool. You know and not as many out of clear lake this year and i think that's because some of the folks that participated last year maybe aren't this year i don't i'm not sure Mm -hmm. but um you know a lot of fish being caught out of rathbun i think there's over 150 fish been caught which hey the walleye bite in rathbun is on fire right now that's a great place to go fishing right now i I
0: started following this guide down there and and uh i don't know a big reservoir like that for for me as an angler it's kinda intimidating, yep. but but I've been seeing pictures, they've been catching walleyes down there.
2: Oh yeah. So, yep.
0: I mean it's a lot different yep. compared to Red Rock. I, I can see why there hasn't been a fish reported for Red Rock yet. I the, mean
2: The walleye's there are kind of a mystery. Yeah. From what I've at been Red told. Rock or at, at uh, Rock. Rathbun, Rathbun, Rathbun is you know Rathbun is half the size of Red Rock and Rathbun mm-hmm. has historically been a really productive walleye fishery for, mm-hmm. you know, decades and it's it's gotten it's really come back. 10 years ago it wasn't as good as it, it is now. It's really good right now. Uh, you know, a couple of down a couple of drier years, less outflow from the lake, so less walleye's leaving the lake, mm. um, that really improves what you have in the system. Okay. And uh, and yeah, so Rathbun's really really
0: good right now and mark from that area he told us summertime is really good for walleyes oh
2: june is phenomenal yeah. i mean and we're only in may right now june yeah. is probably the best month for fishing walleyes at Rathman.
0: Yeah, it sounds so counterintuitive yeah. but it, it, it surprised me when he told me that oh
2: that's definitely true yeah. we might have
1: to make a trip down south a little bit i would i certainly next would next month
2: you know
1: yep. we might. everybody listening to this is going to be going down there
2: now <laughs> just they're like what Really? Uh, you're not gonna get crowded out down there that's a big lake yeah, I mean, a big yeah. A,
0: it is a big lake and uh, don't worry Jeff we're not gonna bleep out every lake <laughs> you say this time we'll keep in most of the lakes this time <laughs>
1: that's funny oh man um so okay so I'm wondering if the people aren't reporting some of the stuff they catch. Because they're wondering, can we keep certain ones or not? Or how, how, you know, is that a catch and release program? I'm just wondering. So
2: the software is built off of the premise of a catch photo release tournament. Okay. However, so we don't require that. So if you legally catch a fish, Mm -hmm. you can legally keep those fish in your bag, right? so if you just if you choose to possess the fish we're not going to say oh well you're part of this tournament you know it's a catch photo release tournament so you caught the fish you took a photo of the fish we're not going to require the release of that fish because it's a virtual distributed thing and if people want to catch some of the fish in the tournament that's that is perfectly legal okay so you're allowed to keep your possession limit of fish during this event right and that's because that's That's part of catching walleyes. That's one of the things that I've been trying to sell to uh, the bass tournament guys. Because there's bass tournaments all over the place, you know, at Icaria, at 3 Mile, at 12 Mile, uh, at Little River. All these places have a lot of bass tournaments, bass tournaments every weekend. And Mm -hmm. I know they're catching walleyes, you know. It's (laughs) incidental catch, but I'm like, hey, you can double dip on your bass tournament. You can be part of this event. And, and get credit for your walleyes, and you might win something.
1: Yeah. And even if they don't catch a walleye, because they're still fishing.
2: Right. They can technically win the, I didn't catch shit. Right. And <laughs> the other part of this is, so the software that we're using, the Angler's Atlas MyCatch software, mm-hmm. they're also doing a, a nationwide, a continent-wide thing, uh, looking at blotchy bass in fish, uh, in, in, in largemouth and smallmouth bass. And that's just a viral infection. and It's it's a thing that we're trying to learn more about. Mm-hmm. So uh, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and the U.S. Geological Survey are partnering with um, Anglers Atlas and My Catch to do this blotchy bass thing, and Bass Pro Shops is part of it. So they're giving away $15,000 in prizes for you to take pictures of the bass that you catch and just report those. And it's a random drawing. You don't win based on whatever but if you've got that app on your phone you take a picture of bass you can you can win for any photos that you take of your bass during mm-hmm. the course of the whole year plus you can win our, our iowa walleye challenge prizes and all you gotta you, you don't have to do anything different the apps on your phone take a picture of a bass take a picture of a walleye doesn't matter it goes into the goes into the system and they sort it out Okay, this is a walleye or a sauger. You're in the walleye challenge. Oh, this is a bass. You're in the Balachi bass. You know, same software, same Mm. thing. Angler doesn't do anything other than take a picture on a measuring board.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so um, one of the reservations a lot of people, or at least a few people that I knew, was like, oh, well, I keep my walleyes. So I can't do this tournament. Yeah, so that's that that clears right that yeah. clears the air about that. Absolutely. If you
2: legally if you legally catch the fish, you can legally keep the fish. There's yeah. no there's no requirement in that regard. And yeah, so I was talking to one of the bass tournament guys because every week I pull the data about what are all the tournaments going on in the state of Iowa that week, and I send an email to those tournament sponsors, and I'm like, hey, you know blotchy bass thing please inform your anglers you're at a lake where there's some local prizes for the walleyes please inform your anglers etc one of those guys called me and he said yeah i was trying to talk to this fella fishing at the lake where i was hosting this tournament because he doesn't fish the tournament he just you know stays at the boat ramp And that old codger, he was like, I'm not gonna, you know, report. They don't get to know where my hotspot is. And (laughs) if they wanna know about the walleyes, they need to get their butts out here and do the sampling. (laughs) And I'm just like, well, here's the deal. We don't have more people. We don't have more time. We can't get this done. So we're, we are trying to do this in partnership with our anglers because it's the only way we're going to get this data. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to do things really efficiently to improve our walleye fisheries around the state. That's why we're trying to do this, because we don't have time to do more sampling. We do our broodstock stuff in the spring. We don't have we could sample the walleye populations by setting gill nets in the summer mm-hmm. but that kills all the fish mm-hmm. and our public doesn't want to see us killing all those fish so right. we simply do not do that sampling because it is not acceptable so the only other time that we can get to those fish is doing fall electroshocking, and the first priority we have in the fall is to go out into shock at our broodstock lakes and look at how did the fry stocking work where do we need to prioritize to put our advanced fingerlings to make sure that we have fish for our future broodstock, okay? We don't have, by the time we get done with those assessments, we really don't have much time to go and look at these other 80 to 100 systems that we stock that we don't know much about. Those are the systems we're trying to learn more about. We want to know about Blackhawk, Little River, 3 Mile, 12 Mile, McBride, Pleasant Creek, Lost Grove, all these different places where we invest money and stock walleyes, mm-hmm. but we don't, we're busy at Clear Lake, we're busy at Okaboji. we're busy at Rathbun, we're busy at Big Creek, we're busy at these other systems, we don't have time to go sample these ones that are kind of bonus walleye fisheries for our anglers, you know, so we we just, we're not going to figure that out, because it's Those are things we're doing to try and provide opportunities for the anglers, but we really don't have the opportunity to do much assessment.
1: So if you're a fisherman for walleye, I mean, if you're thinking like, how does this help them? That's what they're probably thinking. They're, yep. I mean, we, we live in a world that everybody's a little bit selfish. That, you know, they're yep. kind of thinking like, so if I go and I register for this and I go and fish, how the hell is this information going to help me as a walleye fisherman in, let's just say, like you just said, Red Rock? How is that going to help me?
2: Okay, so here's the deal. We have um, 70,000, 80,000 advanced fingerling walleyes in our hatchery at Rathbun. And that's just a... a a round number it's something in that vicinity i don't remember exactly what it is okay so we go out number one we go out and we look at our fall or our spring fry stocking at clear Lake, and we go out and we shock in the fall and we look to see how did that fry stocking do Mm -hmm. and if we see that that those fry were able to survive and grow and we have a whole bunch of six to eight inch walleyes in the fall Mm -hmm. then we may excuse me, not necessarily need to put those advanced fingerling fish in Clear Lake. They're allocated to Clear Lake, but if we don't need them there and we've grown them and spent the time and the money on them and they're not really, if we put them in Clear Lake, they're not really going to, if there's plenty of fish in there of that size, putting more fish of that size in there is not going to help the system, Hmm. right? And so we've got that situation in Clear Lake. We've got that at Spirit Lake, Okaboji, Storm Lake, Rathbun. Okay, we have all these fish allocated to those systems. What are we gonna do if they don't need those advanced fingerlings? Well, the best thing for us to do is to have information about, okay, what do the walleye populations look like at these other lakes? Where could we reallocate those fish to improve the walleye fishery somewhere else Mm -hmm. okay so the angler reported data in 2022 matched up really well with our fall electrofishing data so we could see that there were You know, I'm going to, with my hands, I'm going to create this little histogram. So we, there were, (laughs) there were X number of fish in the 10 to 11 inch range at Big Creek. And then this number from 11 to 12, and then this number from 12 to 13 and 14 to 15, and then 16 to 17 and 17 to 18 and so on and so forth. Okay, so we've got this year class and this year class and some bigger ones over here. All right, so we saw that our shocking data and the angler catch data matched up almost perfectly. Hmm. And it did that at Clear Lake. It did that at Rushy C- Creek Lake. And it did that at Big Creek Lake. And we're like, this is really cool. Now, it didn't match up at Rathbun. And it didn't match up at Spirit Lake. And we don't know why. But it's year one of this experiment. So we are trying to get more data to figure this out. Now, do we need that data from, from the anglers, from Big Creek, and Rathbun and those other places? We don't. But if the data from Rathbun and Big Creek and so on matches up really well with the angler catches, then we can make an assumption that if enough fish are caught at McBride or at Lost Grove or at Three Mile or someplace else, Mm -hmm. that, oh, well, if the data from the anglers matches the data from our sampling and we can trust that relationship, Then, if we look at the angler catch data from 3 Mile, oh, it's missing some fish. We should have a population that looks like X based on what we've stocked, but they're not there. Maybe that's a place we can reallocate these fish. Or maybe 3 Mile's looking really good, but Green Valley isn't. Okay, so we were potentially going to put some advanced fingerlings at Green Valley. Let's reallocate those, or let's reallocate ones from Three Mile over to Green Valley because the population at Three Mile looks really good. We're missing, you know, a year class at Green Valley for whatever reason, or Little River. You know, Rathbun's population looks really great. We can use some of those advanced fingerlings we've been growing all summer. Let's put some of those at Little River to amend the fishery there or at Three Mile or wherever, up at Lost Grove, places like this. It helps us make smarter and better database decisions for the management action of stocking fish. But if we don't have any of that data, we're going to keep doing what we've always done, which may not provide the best fishery for our walleye anglers. Hmm. And if this works with walleye, there's nothing to say that we can't start trying to do with this with other species we stock, like wipers <clears> or <throat> you know you know, if it if if this project works, we can contemplate doing it more across different species. If it doesn't work, then we're back to square one and you know, we don't have a good way to figure it out otherwise yeah, right gotcha. now. So, you know, that that's why we're asking the Anglers help because We want to make the fishing the best it can be for our anglers. But this is one of those places where we hear from angler groups. We want to help you. Okay, this is a place where you could help us. Okay, it really is. And then they say, well, why the $25? Well, this is actually the fourth time we've tried this. We've tried it twice with with Urban Trout. Mm -hmm. And we didn't charge a fee. And a bunch of people signed up and nobody reported anything. It's kind of like... The anglers told us you need we need skin in the game to actually do something. If it's free, we don't care. Mm-hmm. So, we changed it from the free iteration to the $25 iteration so that we have prize money to give out at the end yeah because the $25 all goes whatever goes in comes back out, okay? Mm-hmm. All the $25 entry fee, 100% of that money plus i mean cuz right now we we don't have enough anglers to pay all the fees mm-hmm. uh, all the all the prizes and uh, so we're we're actually paying out more than what we we see in entry fees
0: hmm. okay so here, here's a question jeff it's kind of multi multi-layered that's all right i think i just answered 17 questions <laughs> with that last you answer. Sure right? Right. i carried i carried on for a long time okay. so so this one's kind of specific to uh, Uh, a lake like red rock yep i know there's certain challenges as far as a sampling or netting perspective yep and there's challenges as far as an angling perspective um i mean i don't know what your sampling and netting numbers look like for red rock but let's say okay your sampling numbers are low and then in the walleye challenge you know, not many fish are being reported. Does that mean like, oh, there's not enough walleyes in Red Rock? How do you tackle that?
2: So in order to, uh, we're not going to make the assumption that there's not enough walleyes in Red Rock if we only mm-hmm. have three people even say they went fishing there, right. right? Okay, so now let's say we get a lot more than that. Let's say, you know, I don't I don't know off the top of my head. I'm going to say we've probably got 20 to 30 people fishing Big Creek, just off the top of my head. Now, if we had 20 to 30 people fishing red rock and reporting no catches, mm-hmm. that would tell us, hey, maybe there's something going on here, okay? If we've got 20 to 30 people and, you know, the right now the statewide catch rate is 1 fish per hour, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we've got 20 to 30 people and we've got a catch rate that's really low at red rock, that's going to tell us either it's a tough place to fish or we don't have enough walleyes there okay and so then we're going to start looking at that we have in the past done fall gill netting at sailorville um i can't recall the last time we've done that at red rock Mm -hmm. but i know we've done it in sailorville the last five years so so we have that opportunity maybe we see this data and we say oh you know what we're going to have to spend a night in October and we need to go down and shock the face of the dam at Red Rock on those rocks and see what we see for walleyes down there. Maybe maybe the time we have to reallocate one night from what we're doing at Big Creek and maybe we should go down to Red Rock. You know, so that is, that is a management decision that, that we could contemplate in terms of trying to get some better information. But if we don't have any anglers not, and, and they're not reporting anything, we don't, you know, we don't have anything to base that on, gotcha. then we're ju- going to leave leave that sleeping dog lie Like, okay, well, we we don't know what's going on, but it's not a priority at this time because we don't have any data that
0: tells us it's a priority. Gotcha. So, yeah, it's not like an automatic, oh, nobody's catching walleyes down here. So that means we're going to go and stock a whole bunch there.
2: Right. And, and we know that these are flow-through systems. So... In reality, what we do is we stock more fish at Sailorville because we know a lot of those are gonna end up in Red Rock anyway. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah. Why why do we wanna stock a lot of walleyes in Red Rock for them just to go down to the Des Moines River to Missouri? Yeah, that right? makes sense. We're not that we're not sense, gonna yeah. do that. We're gonna stock we're gonna stock walleyes in Sailorville. We've got some, you know, little rearing ponds at Sailorville and I think we do at Red Rock too. We're going to put walleyes in those. We're going to grow them to two inches. We're going to get them in there. We're going to stock, when we can, river strain walleyes in the Des Moines River, up at uh, Fort Dodge and up at Humboldt and places like that, so that so that we have more fish in that system. Okay. Okay? If if we're going to change anything, that's how we're going to change. Gotcha. Right. But we need if we don't have any data, we're not going to make any changes. Right.
0: Oh, so you just said river strain. So is there a difference between like a lake strain and a river strain? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.
2: And, you know, it's interesting. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but (laughs) there will be an article forthcoming, um, not in the Iowa Outdoors magazine, but in one of your local publications about fall walleye fishing. And uh, I've been in contact with the author, and the author has been in contact with a number of us from the Iowa DNR. And within our discussions, it's likely that that article will focus on our river walleye fisheries for the fall because those are better and more consistent than our lake walleye fisheries in the fall. Hmm. And um, we've done a lot of research over the years looking at where, you know, what broodstock should we be using to stock fish? And we use fish out of the mississippi river and we use those river strain mississippi river walleyes in a few of our ponds down at rathbun and then we stock those river acclimated fish into our rivers okay and to the greatest degree that we can now that happens a lot more in the eastern half of the state than the western half of the state um in the western half We generally use Rathbun and Mississippi River or Rathbun and Spirit Lake walleyes to stock our lakes, but sometimes we have to use those lake strain fish in our river stockings and they don't perform as well. But that's just a function of the number of fish, the number of hatchery the amount of hatchery resources, ponds, raceways, etc. Sometimes we just don't have enough places to raise different kinds of fish to fulfill all the needs that we have the newest hatchery in the state of iowa is down at rathman it was built in 1975 okay Mm -hmm. so do some quick math that's almost 50 years old yeah um so we don't have brand new facilities and new nice new shiny things to be providing (laughs) these um providing these fish for our anglers, you know, we have to do with what we have. Yeah. And that's what we have. But within those confines, we've been doing a lot of work and we know like we've learned a ton about our trout fisheries in Northeast Iowa. We've learned that the brown trout that became acclimated to French Creek can reproduce successfully on their own without us. So, we have stopped stocking any other kinds of brown trout we started only stocking those french creek brown trout that are acclimated to these conditions in iowa and we've put those in other streams and they are self-reproducing okay we learned that we've stocked brook trout all over the place we've been stocking trout for well over 100 years okay The south pine strain of brook trout are the ones that are most naturally acclimated to Iowa. That's our native trout, our one native trout species, is those south pine brook trout. Mm. We stopped stocking any other brook trout. We only stock south pine brook trout. We go to the stream, we spawn the fish, we take the eggs, we take them back to the hatchery, and we only put those south pine fish in our Iowa streams. And now, for the most part, we have self-sustaining brook trout populations and brown trout populations. We don't have to use our hatchery resources anymore for brook trout and brown trout. We only, you know, use those native fish and they're taking care of themselves. And now most of our hatchery resources are for our put and take rainbow trout. You know, we could go buy trout somewhere, anywhere, but nobody's doing that kind of research. You know, we could, there are are people that say, why do you even have uh, these hatcheries? You could buy this cheaper from private entities. Nobody's looking at river strain walleyes. Nobody's looking at lake strain walleyes. Which fish perform better? That's our job. Our job is to figure these things out and do things that may not, you know, be, they're very cost effective and we are very, um, conservative with uh, the the resources that the anglers give us. Mm-hmm. But we also have to spend some of those resources to figure these things out, to do the best job that we can do. And nobody else is doing that. We're doing that. We're doing that with the trout. We're doing that with the walleyes. We've been doing that with the muskies. You know, we've been doing research on these things for, for a long time, decades to try and figure out how, which fish are going to work best in our systems and how do we maintain these things for our anglers and make the be- fishing opportunities that you have the best that we can make them?
0: Hmm. That's pretty awesome. I, I did. Is. I went off on a <laughs> lot of tangents. Love it, no, no, I love it. Was like,
1: just, I t- I'm telling you guys, so uh, we, we're just talking offline. I get educated. Every time we have Jeff on, it. and then I was talking to my wife, I, I, and she goes, man, you get excited. It's like, yeah, I'm going back to school, honey. <laughs> yeah. I going to learn a little bit about fishing, water, just all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go
0: learn a little bit more well I just the well when you brought up the river strain a while, I was like huh that's a thing oh yeah I Absolutely. just didn't know that either I, I'm pretty sure the majority of people are like oh walleye just whatever walleye yeah. walleye right no, you know?
2: no I mean they are but they're not you yeah. know and, and the things that we've learned with those trout and we're wanting we're we're working toward taking those hard learned lessons because we like you said we stocked you know just postage stamp carbon copy trout for a long time and then mm. I was like got to start figuring some of this stuff out better and now those lessons that we've learned we're putting those into practice figuring out more with our walleyes putting that stuff into practice i think there's a lot of lessons that we can learn um, to improve our our largemouth bass you know Mm -hmm. uh, texas has been doing this for a long time you hear about you know they are working to eliminate northern strain largemouth bass in texas and only have florida strain now we can't do that here but um, one of the fisheries professors from Iowa State, Dr. Robert Sommerfeld, he's he's a, a world-renowned walleye expert. But he says one of the most heritable traits, um, you know, that can pass down from generation to generation is that that trait of growth and how big can a fish get. So if we start with really good genetics of these brook trout, look, they sustain themselves. If we start with these acclimated genetics for brown trout they sustain themselves okay what what can we be doing better in terms of when we restart you know we we do a lake restoration are we doing the best that we can do in terms of the panfish and the largemouth bass and things like that you know and and these are questions that we're also working on and trying to figure out and and we will continue to work on that you know so that our anglers can have the best experience that they can possibly have because we have limited resource we're not ten thousand lakes like like minnesota yeah. yeah you know we're just we're not we're not the the beautiful trout streams of montana but we've got some really cool stuff here and we're gonna do our best to make it the best
0: we can make it for you all yeah yeah i see uh, it, it it calls me back to the, the the bucket boys jake and keith yeah uh they're I remember them saying that Iowa is one of the top producers as far as, like, walleye fry goes because compared to a state like Minnesota where they have a bunch of natural reproduction while we have to basically stock every walleye that we have. Yep. So yep. we got to put in that much more effort to have the fisheries that we have. That's right.
2: That's right. And we're, we're happy and willing to do so. But, like, the walleye challenge, we want to do it better. Okay? But – we we are limited. There's only so many of us employees. There's only so much we can do. So we're trying to be innovative and do something new and different. And I talked to I talked to people from Nebraska, Ontario, and South Dakota just today about the Walleye Challenge. And mm-hmm. they're like, "This is really cool. We're not sure that we're ready to step <laughs> off the cliff that you've stepped off yet, but we <laughs> want to watch and see how this goes." And I'm like, "Hey, we're we're giving it a try because." You know, yeah. that's we're willing to we're willing to try something new and different. They've given me enough rope to hang myself on this deal, <laughs> and and maybe I will. You know, maybe yeah. I will. I'm trying really hard for it to be successful. I might fail. You know, but I've I've failed before, and that's just uh, convinced me that I, I need to try harder. Now maybe but, I need to try harder at something else. <laughs> but but yeah, it's. But I think um, that's why this is so important. That I mean.
1: The Iowa DNR is helping the fisheries, helping right. the fishermen. men. So if you're a, a, a walleye fish, you know, a fisherman that truly just targets walleyes, this is a beneficial for you guys to join this challenge to get as much information as possible to help your area right. if it needs. Like 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 Jeff was saying, I think this is um, it's one of those things that. I, people should realize that you're helping yourself by doing
2: this that's 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 my goal is to have people help themselves and i can't say that what an individual angler experiences and reports on one day is going to change anything yeah but if we can build this thing over time and figure it out then i'm confident that it's going to help us get Better walleye angling in the state of Iowa in the future. For sure, I agree. Yeah. All
1: right, we're gonna go do a quick refill because um, we were talking offline earlier. We'll, we'll talk about crappies and fishing and everything because okay. because uh, yep. uh, Jeff here gave me some information earlier offline about crappie. So okay, we'll talk yep. about that. We'll be right <laughs> back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Must be nice to get a brand new
0: boat. Uh, we'll we'll see. <laughs> brand new <laughs> truck. Brand not new not brand new truck. Well, I don't know if you know, but a tree fell on my truck. Uh, oh, I heard that. At the end yes. of April. Yes. So that kind of that kind of put a damper on my fishing for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a car for like two weeks. Yeah. That's horrible.
1: Yeah. All right, everybody, we're back. I'm drinking the uh, brigade.
0: It's like a golden ale. Golden ale. I got the uh, modern art. It's okay. a. oh Hold on. Is it on? It's oh, on? Amber Ale. Duh. Yep. I was like, I, I think that's what it was. And <laughs> for some reason, I'm like, oh, it's got to be more than that. But yeah. But it's pretty good.
1: Yeah. I'm having water. H2O. Can't go wrong. And, and if you guys are wondering, does this guy, was he faking it? Yes, I still have gout. So I'm drinking water with every beer. And then on top of that, I've been, like I'm saying, that, that regimen, guys, I'm telling you guys, I'm, it's working. This natural regimen, I'm taking these cherry tart drinks and drinking these alkaline waters it's working yeah yeah
0: that holistic approach is that what i call holistic, it holistic yeah, holistic that's
1: the word she sounds i couldn't yeah. think of it but yes yeah. the holistic approach so far in the past three months it's been working for me i haven't had a flare up so good for you and i've been drinking craft beer i've been eating some beef here and there like ribeye steaks with the kids the other day and i was like fancy yeah what? very nice Man,
2: Hamburgers for the kids, ribeyes for you. Mm-mm. That's how it works at our house. It doesn't work that way. My <laughs> daughter, no,
1: see, we tried. My daughters, okay, so we spoiled them now. and she. So my oldest daughter will not eat any steak unless it's sous vide and if it's a ribeye. I started that. I don't know how I start. I mean, it's good. So I did that, and she ate it. She goes, that's it. If you give her a regular flank steak or you give her even a New York strip too chewy, dad, I'm like, huh? It's, it's really good, honey. She goes, nope. I love, she loves the ribeye, and it's got to be sous vide because she loves it, like, cook proportionally. It's shit, man. I'm telling you. I, I don't know what I started. And do you spoil your kids like that, Jeff?
2: Do I cook well for my kids? Yes. Do my kids get the ribeye all the time? No. <laughs>
1: they don't get it all the time. It's just whenever, hey, what do you guys want for dinner? Juicy steak. That's what they call it. They call it juicy steak. And if you bring any other type of steak that's not a ribeye sous vide, they're not going to finish
0: eating. It. You know, this is the second podcast where you talked talk about eating steak. Sorry. And last time you were like, oh, I can't eat as much ribeyes anymore. Like, whoa. <laughs> Easy there, buddy. Some of us don't have a choice. Oh, whatever, <laughs> dude. Oh, man. Too funny. But
1: uh, we were – so right before break um, – to get the refill we we're going to talk about some crappies but you know fishing kit he brought up a good good question because we were what
0: we we're going to talk about because wipers yeah before we talk about crappies yeah before we st- stray away too far from the business stuff um <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong here but uh the iowa dnr started a tagging program on wipers at a particular body of water is you know i mean i i I just want to know you know what you know is has anything come out of that what are you seeing uh anything cool to report i
2: i haven't seen any of the result data yet so Mm. i don't have anything to report on that um we're we're definitely we're working on a lot of different stuff we uh we are we've put the pit tags in wipers like we have put pit tags in other um species at some lakes we've also started working on acoustic tags and we've started putting acoustic tags in walleyes and and other species of fish and uh, so we've got receivers that that so basically historically we would do projects with radio telemetry Mm -hmm. where we would put a radio tag in the fish and then you would go out either every day or every week or whatever and follow those fish and the radio tag would transmit a signal and you would go around the lake and try and find that
0: fish yeah with that like big antenna thing right yes
2: so that is what we used to do now what we're doing is we're putting these acoustic tags in fish and we put a receiver on the bottom of the lake and so when the fish passes by the various receivers in the lake then it tells us where that fish has been so rather than us actively going out and doing the radio telemetry we put the tag in the fish and the fish swims around and when it when it interacts with that receiver Mm -hmm. then we learn about where it's been now you had when you guys were at the midwest you had the fella from lake erie and he was talking about this exact thing with all of the receivers that they have in lake erie and what they do to study fish movement there so we are doing that on big creek but we're also doing that like up and down the Des Moines River, so we have some on like bridge pilings. And so we're looking at what is the movement of these fish up and down the river. You know, so we've got some tagged fish in Sailorville. Are they staying in Sailorville? Are they moving past Sailorville? Are they going through Des Moines? Are they you know we have them in Red Rock. We have them below Red Rock. You know, what is what's happening in Red Rock? Are some of those fish passing through the hydroelectric turbine? Are we having positive or negative impacts on our fish populations from that water flowing through the electrical generating turbine versus flowing flowing through the other part of that dam Hmm. so there's a lot of different stuff we're doing with that and and so yeah we're working with walleyes we're working with muskies we're working with wipers etc a variety of species and and doing a lot of different work uh trying to figure out what's happening with fish movement in in our system
1: is that normal or how many other states are doing this type of tracking i guess you can say of this of the species so
2: there's you know basically like i'm not going to say the whole bottom of lake erie is carpeted with these things but (laughs) there's there's literally hundreds of these receivers and probably thousands of fish in lake erie And so there's a a lot of work going on in the Great Lakes with that. There's work going on in the Dakotas and Minnesota and Iowa with it. Um, So I I can't say to the huge extent where all this is happening, but it's really a lot of it's being pioneered out of the Great Lakes. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, now that you mentioned the Des Moines River, so in our downtown area, um, I think they started a removal of the dams down there haven't they they're doing or
2: some modifications <laughs> not it's i
0: don't believe that it's full-blown removal but it's modifications oh, gotcha. for this white
2: water kind of thing yep.
0: gotcha uh i guess my question is um was there any coordination with the iowa dnr with that or was there or they're just like well we're gonna do this it. we're doing this, <laughs> this is, it is what it is or was there any input <laughs> from the iowa dnr in <laughs> regards to that project
2: there were representatives from the Iowa DNR on some of the advisory boards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll leave that at
0: that, or <laughs> was it was any yeah. the advisories listened to? I get a feeling it didn't, you know, the, the input wasn't taken yeah. very far. <laughs> Cheers.
1: There were <laughs>
2: Iowa DNR representatives on the advisory boards, and they gave some input.
3: Gotcha.
1: <laughs> How do you feel, Kit, about what's going on downtown? So if you guys, because we do have a lot of listeners from out of state, out of country and everything, so there's a big renovation down here in central Iowa, um, Des Moines River. It's kind of a local spot for locals here that they fish Quite often, but how do you feel about the renovation that's going on
0: down there? What um, do you think? Well, I don't fish downstream uh, on the uh, demar River very much, so I, I don't really know, um, what to expect. For me, it's kind of a wait and see. Mm-hmm. I mean, those dams were there for a reason, but now they're coming out for a different reason. So I don't know. I don't really, you know, for me, it's it's just a wait and see. Like, what it, it, is it going to make it worse? Will it make it better? I don't know.
2: I would say that uh, I think one thing that is indisputable is that um, a lot of fishing has happened at those locations in the past. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of uh, debris and garbage, and that's left behind by a lot of anglers. Uh, you know, you're finding a lot of worm containers, fishing line, things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that anglers help themselves out very much mm. um, right. by by not necessarily being outstanding stewards of natural resources and if you're going to leave a big mess behind and other people want things cleaned up then um, maybe um, what you want isn't going to happen to the degree that you may want it to because you you know broadly you as anglers not an individual you know an individual created some of these littering problems or a few individuals it's not everybody but when people see that, then, then it, um, it's not the best look for our anglers. Um, and I think broadly, all of us need to do as good a job as we can so that if situations come up, we do want to have our voice heard to the greatest degree that it can. Okay? And I'm not saying that we didn't have our voice heard. I'm just saying it's, it's pretty indisputable that, that there's been a lot of messes left behind mm-hmm. there. And if you, you know that, that's not a good thing. We need to be better stewards than that.
0: Right. It does. De- it definitely does put us in a bad light when basically ninety percent of the people that are there are the ones. That's the. That's why there's a the whole bunch of trash down there. Yeah. And I was actually fishing a creek. I wouldn't say it's super remote, but I probably saw twenty worm containers. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna pat myself on the back or anything, but. You know, I picked up like five or six of them. Uh, just, it's not even a big deal to take it out with you. It, worm containers weighs nothing. Just throw it in your bucket, if, especially if you got a bucket already. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: The the sad thing I hate to say it, most of the people who probably listen to this aren't those people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. It, it, it's it's just one of those things. The the ones who are leaving those messes. They're not listening to this podcast, most right. most likely. Right. Dude. It is what it is, but but the people who are listening to this podcast, we need to do more. Exactly, we can yeah. go the extra mile.
2: Yep. and and I'm not the greatest either. But when I was I was uh, trying to fish crappies yesterday on Big Creek, and I was out of my kayak. And when I was done fishing, it was time to go home. You know, I I'm coming past some of the brush piles, and you know, I grabbed. Um, four bobbers that were floating in the water and you know some of them had fishing line attached and you mm-hmm. just grab that and wind it up and throw it in the back of the kayak and then take care of it when you get home like it's not that hard on your way out I mean, our, our friend hank talks about this all the time mm-hmm. he always carries a grocery bag in his pocket and he's always hauling trash out with it and that's you know i think that's something that we should uh, we should do as much as we can right there was a um when we did the
1: cleanup, I think, a couple of years ago, does the Iowa still provide, like, this, like, a, a mesh bag that you can pick up trash with? I don't know if it was from the Iowa Dino. Or it was from somewhere I saw. Um, they are just giving it away, and I saw it that they, you know, just to give it to anglers that, you know, wherever you travel or wherever you fish, they just throw this stuff into your, like, little mesh bag that you have and just carry just... Just carry with you at all times instead of always having a plastic bag. Yep. So yep. maybe maybe just it's, anything
0: like that. Yeah, just yeah. a mesh bag, a, a to, bucket, you know, something. Or a bucket. <laughs> we all we're all <laughs> carrying buckets yeah. with yeah. us yep. when we're going fishing. Well, yeah. But,
1: you know, you might have a bucket full of fish. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to just throw trash in that. You know, I'm yeah. just saying. Your bag, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I, I I hear you on that. It's just one of those things. It's a hard argument downtown. Um, yep. when they're trying to clean up the trash, and then all these fishermen are trying, to like, no, you don't do that, you know, this is our fishing spot, but then they're like, there's trash everywhere, guys. Yeah, you know, I get it. Yep, understandable.
0: Yeah, and then those people that don't listen to the podcast, you know, they're probably the first ones to that would complain, like, oh man, our fishing spot's gone now because all these kayakers, you know, there's <laughs> whatever the kayakers want. Um, I, don't know, I think we're kind of poking a uh, bee, Beehive <laughs> <laughs> It's alright I, w- I want to hear what others
1: Thoughts are on it too yeah.
0: But anyways Let's uh <laughs> Let's get into fishing, Jeff. Yeah. So you went fishing today. I did go fishing today. And yesterday in and the area. Yesterday. Yes, I did. So how did that go for you? It's pretty slow. It's really slow. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So a DNR guy slow, <laughs> has a slow day at fishing? What? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I didn't have electricity. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that can't happen. <laughs> No, uh, it's, uh, like we said earlier, it's May 23rd. The crappies should have been. So So I know um, from our staff that's been out working probably 10 days ago or so, um, lakes kind of along that I-80 corridor, you could see on the fins of the crappies that they were beat up and they had been on the spawning beds. And, you know, they're just... They, they're fighting off males are fighting off other males um, they're they're sweeping those nests open etc their fins are going to be eroded they're going to look a little bit beat up mm-hmm. when they're done spawning um, as we've gotten north of I-80 um, in the lakes that I've been fishing the last couple weeks are, are all north of I-80 um, those crappies are not beat up they, uh, they haven't spawned yet I've seen Uh, bluegill nests bluegill staging bluegills are getting ready to spawn i'm not sure that the crappies are going to get a spawn off up here in northern iowa i don't know if the weather conditions have just been a little bit goofy it's just hard to tell but they the i was i was fishing wood in shallow water to the greatest degree that i could and i was not picking up the crappies where i thought they should be they were deeper um sometimes around wood but really scattered you know, it's it's one of those things where you you really think you ought to be getting into them, yeah. And and it just it, it, that's not what it was. Hmm.
1: That's a great. So this is the thing because I didn't want to say this earlier, but when you were when we were talking offline earlier, you're like the the crappies were beat up because I remember about two or three years ago, so I was I caught some crappies right about this time, and I was like, man, his fins are different from the crappies I caught about three weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Dale, he just explained it today. So, you know, all right, I'm a novice fisherman, guys. So <laughs> yeah. so I was like.
0: Three, three years into it, he's still a newbie. <laughs> yes, I'm still a newbie. But,
1: see, that's why we have Jeff off. He, he actually taught me I'm like, why was this crappie look like? His fins were just kind of different from the ones I caught literally three weeks ago. Yep. And now it explains it that yep. he's just, he's beat up from protecting. Yep the offspring you know
2: and um the water the temperature today was in the 80s and uh we i just saw a press release from the dnr today some of those southern iowa panfish you know the crappies that just got done spawning the bluegills that are getting ready to spawn Mm -hmm. um we're seeing some fish kills just some post spawning stress induced fish kills in Mm -hmm. southern iowa because of that warm weather and they're you know really um you know tired they've expended a lot of resources Um, from their bodies during that time of spawning Mm -hmm. and uh, you know that that is a a natural thing Um, but you know heightened temperatures right away uh, afterwards do have that kind of impact on some of those species some of those individuals interesting yeah
0: yeah Yeah, we've been having some pretty wild weather i would say it's not been it's not
2: been a consistent weather spring yeah that's for sure
0: yeah because i was fishing in southern iowa a couple weeks ago On my brother-in-law's boat, and uh, between the four of us, we probably caught, I don't know, 100 panfish. Must be nice. Bluegills, crappies, you know, they were just mixed in all together. Yep. And then I fished the big lake near home. Uh, I didn't catch, I barely caught any crappies at Red Rock. Then I hopped over to Roberts Creek, which dumps into Red Rock. Yep. And I probably caught like 30, 40 fish in an hour. Yep. So it's it's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then since we're pushing up on on Memorial Day weekend here, and, then, and uh, Jeff kind of talked about it earlier, but it's like uh, I feel like it's kind of late and – if they haven't gone yet, uh, they might not go at all.
2: Right. They could just reabsorb the eggs. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Really? It just depends on depends on the year, depends on the condition, depends on the the weather, temperature swings. How does that affect the fish if they reabsorb it? They just you know, they don't they don't spew those resources they just, out, they just reabsorb okay. the eggs. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And that's you know, things like this happen. Crappies are most successful when they have like recently flooded vegetation to um to spawn in and for those fish to those little baby fry etc to grow up in uh you know a lot of food resources available uh one of the reasons why we tend to have inconsistent crappie fisheries because they this kind of thing can happen they either don't get off a good spawn or the weather <clears throat> fluctuates too too much and it and the We don't have consistent warm-up of of the water, et cetera. Things like this can happen. Bluegills, on the other hand, they'll spawn all summer long. So if it doesn't, if things don't hit right now, they'll come back and spawn again in another few weeks, and they'll do that all through the summer. Really? So that's why we have consistent, much more consistent bluegill fisheries, and we can have, you know, pretty
0: inconsistent crappie fisheries from time to time. So they spawn all year long, all summer? All summer. Really? Yeah. Are we... uh, here in Iowa, are we in an area where they would spawn multiple times a year? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, because I I know in the South they do that. Like they'll spawn multiple times. Yep. I wasn't sure if we were.
2: Yep, that'll know. happen here. Now okay. you know the if you if you're catching uh, bluegills right now, those things are like you know the body should look like this. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the most uh, resources that they will put into it is this first one of the year, but they will. Uh, spawn uh, uh, a few more times again over the course of the summer.
0: Huh. Yeah, I did uh, not know that.
1: Well, it makes sense now that that's why they use, like, the ponds here for, you know, when you're raising up a brand new pond, you use the bluegills. It's food. Yeah. It's food. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. the hundred percent. It's whole 100% reason.
2: food for the largemouth.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. And yep. if they can keep respawning, it's
2: more food. That's right. Right. Yep. That's why Science. they're the most effective... Um, forage base huh. okay
0: alright so let's say you're a guy that you know he's he's out there catching bedding fish whether that's crappies or bluegills uh, and he catches a male fish versus a female fish and he thinks oh I, sh- I should throw one of these back but which one would be better for the spawn because the, well the females have the eggs but the males are the <laughs> ones that stay behind and protect the eggs yep yep so is, does it matter which one you keep for the sake of the fishery if there was such an argument? So they spawn
2: multiple times over the course of the year. <laughs> so that the fishery is likely to be maintained regardless. Yeah. Okay. If you pull that male off of there and it's a nice big male like this, there's probably some little bitty male like this that's going to come in <laughs> and fertilize those <laughs> eggs. And so the genetics are going to be a little bit... Um, altered um in that regard but those genetics are removed if you remove the female right. but in yeah. general we have extremely productive water we have good um fisheries it's not going to matter
0: Gotcha. (laughs) I know some people will argue, you know, either way. Yeah. Oh, you got to throw back the males because they protect the beds. And, well, you already talked about it.
2: Right. And, And there are those that would argue that, well, the biggest ones you should throw back. And if that is an ethical decision that you want to make, go ahead and make it. Okay. Doesn't mean that it's the scientifically correct answer for lake a maybe it is the right answer for lake a but then in lake b maybe it's not the right answer and in lake c you know we it's something completely different and we've talked about this before if you look at the minnesota or wisconsin you know regulations book they're that thick it's because they've decided whether they have the data or not that we're going to have this regulation here, and this regulation here, and this regulation here, and we don't want that. So we have the regulations that we have, and we try to have those on a consistent basis so you can harvest your 25 bluegills and crappies <laughs> and not worry about it. Gotcha. Do you guys still get like a bunch of people still complaining about the harvesting?
1: Always. Really? Is yeah. that is that one of, the, I guess you could say, is that the biggest complaint you, uh, the, the DNR gets is the harvesting. Like, why don't you guys set a rule for this, yeah, like like limits? Yeah. The I, mean. I mean, I, I guess I, I. mean, what else can you complain about? I guess at the island.
2: Well, the the you know it's the same. It's the regulations. It's the is it the har, is it the bag limit or is it the link limit or whatever. But the deal is this: either the fishing is too good or it's not good enough. Always mm. right. Yeah. If it's too good, then everybody's coming to take all of somebody's fish, and it's not good enough. Well, then you got to do something different. And in reality, um, most of the fisheries are in pretty good shape. And, um, you know, <laughs> and, and sometimes it's just that you're not catching. Like today when I was fishing, I, I, we were nowhere close to any limits, you know. <laughs> and, and is that because there's the fishing's not good enough and the fish population's not good enough? No, it was a hot, bright, shiny, sunny day. The water's clear. And um, we just didn't catch very many fish. Yeah. It doesn't mean the population's not there. It just means that we, they weren't buying what we were selling today.
0: Yeah. It's fishing, right?
2: It's fishing.
1: Yeah. Have you seen that big increase in social media
0: complaints or the same? I. It, it, what would you say? I don't know. Have you been checking at all? Have you been? No. In, I, I've taken a backseat to social media. I just post to my fishing page. Yeah. And then if people comment and stuff on there, that's that's about as in-depth as I go as far as social media. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, it's kind of...
2: Social media has given people an anonymous forum to say, ah, yeah, say things. yes. And, you know, it is what it is. I I try to use it for positive and, and, and for helping folks in education. And and I think one of my posts on, uh, I don't know if it was 515 or, or Iowa Walleye Anglers didn't, you know, it got... <clears throat> I don't think it was, uh, I d- maybe they didn't know <clears throat> that I was with the DNR or something like that. But I think it was taken down. And I was like, "Really?" Because I'm just saying, "Hey,
0: you're walleye anglers. Why don't you join this walleye challenge?" And you know, but I, hey, I,
2: it is what it is.
0: I don't think it'd be five one five because I know the guy who, who runs the page. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I've yeah. gotten some positive outcome uh, from po- positive responses uh, recently on that. Yeah, yeah. And I just recently joined some of these because I'm trying to get people to to do the walleye challenge. I really am, and I'm trying to get good information out there. And I'm happy to answer questions and do whatever you know and some people are responding positively and some people are not responding positively and you know whatever
0: yeah, i don't know if you can satisfy some of these people out no, there no not ever
2: yeah. so uh, like it doesn't matter what you do right they're gonna find something
1: that they can just nitpick. Yep. Yep. pick
0: just just the way it is yep so. you know what i'm kind of excited about uh so there was a lake restoration project up at lake cornelia oh yep. yes um, How- so there's there's some interesting uh, stuff going on there um as far as like the fish stockings go i know that they were putting some flatheads in there which kind of surprised me yep uh some blue cats in there that's really intriguing to me muskies uh, muskies i think muskies is kind of a given I'm I'm more of a catfish guy. <laughs>
2: okay, so what's the common theme there? What's the, what's the common thread amongst all those species?
0: They get big. Okay,
2: what else? How do they get big?
0: They eat a lot of stuff.
2: They eat a lot of stuff. What's been the problem historically at Lake Cornelia?
0: Yellow bass. Yellow, little, small yellow bass. A
2: lot of undersized forage sized fish and and not very much for predators right so one of the thing you know we we stocked the heck out of predators into big creek for a long time trying Mm -hmm. to control some of the um situations that we saw there and then the shad population crashed and they didn't grow very well well you know and now there's a lot of shad and there's a lot of fish growth okay so not saying don't don't somebody go put shad in 20 because <laughs> that would be a big problem but what we do have there is we've got a forage base but we don't have a really good predator population to to try and eat that down because people would like to catch nice yellow bass they would mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know that's not the situation there right now so how do we deal with that um so we're trying to get enough predators in that system to try and control that overpopulation of yellow bass and do we know exactly um what's going to work in that situation we don't okay so what are we doing and we're putting we're putting a lot of different kinds of predators in there there's muskies in there there's walleyes in there there's there's going to be largemouth bass in there there's these different you know species of catfish um so we're we're throwing a lot of um, resources at that to try and improve the quality of that fishery situation
0: hmm. um and and then you guys well when i say you guys i mean i mean like the dnr is uh, in general but uh, um you guys uh basically killed off the lake right
2: so we did a uh we did a rotenone treatment what but um we did a low dose rotenone treatment so that means that we didn't um we didn't put the amount of chemicals in there that will kill everything. Mm -hmm. And even when we do that, sometimes it just doesn't work. You know, we we didn't drain the lake. Normally when we do that, we completely, we like to completely drain the lake. And we can do that with a lake that has a dam, right? Mm -hmm. But this is a natural lake it's a it's a natural great glacial lake so we can't completely drain that system down so we can't get isolated you know we we can't get to a point where we can be effective yeah so uh there's going to be different concentrations of that chemical in that water body regardless so we did something similar to blackhawk lake a number of years ago Mm -hmm. and um we, we hoped that we had gotten all the fish, and we tried to get them all, but there's carp in there. Now, did some of them survive the treatment? Maybe, maybe not. We don't think so. But, you know, it is likely that some uh, swam back back up. But if you can't, and, and we had the ability to, to basically create a siphon so that more water would leave that system, and we really couldn't do that with Lake Cornelia like we could with Blackhawk Lake. So we had to try to find a a an amenable solution, and so that amenable solution was to do yeah. a low dose treatment. We knew that would kill all the walleyes, and but we also knew that that would really knock back that yellow bass population. Okay. Yeah. It would probably also uh, affect some carp, affect some crappies, etc. But then some some fish are gonna to stay. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be able to get them all. Okay. So you knock back that yellow bass population, then you come back after. The chemical has volatilized and is no longer, you know, damaging. So then we put fish back in that system that can additionally control. Um, we hope those may remaining yellow bass. So, so that's that's the philosophy. Those are the steps that we take. We've done that in other places before, and and we hope that we'll be successful.
0: Right. So you basically, you you've already planned out for you know not all the yellow bass. Being completely wiped out, basically. Right. Yep. Yeah,
2: that's not. You know, that's. Uh, we were talking. You know, you asked earlier if I coach. <laughs> and I, I, I do, and and I like coaching activities before school starts because after school starts, maybe I have 50 kids. You know, on my team, and it only, and I need. 50 for 50 parents to show up when they're supposed to show up. Yeah. It, in order for me to be able to go home to my family in time. Mm-hmm. And 50 out of 50 doesn't happen very often in, you know, in life. Well, yeah. in nature, can we expect 50 for 50 or 100 for 100 or, you know, whatever in that fish population with that treatment? We hope so. The the science says that it should. But sometimes, you know, there's a little spring coming up and those fish find that fresh water and they just hang out there until everything else, you know, goes by the wayside. So we can't guarantee 50 for 50 or whatever right. in that situation. So, you know, we plan accordingly. Makes sense. Makes yep. sense.
1: So this is uh, just a question because I used to live on the south side, grown up, raised. So there's a, a, a lake that was maybe about five, six, maybe seven years ago. I don't Easter Lake, Easter Lake, yeah. yeah. I'm just curious how the, the I think it was like five, six years ago. I think, yeah, kill. So, how has the fishing been there? Or have you heard? I'm because a lot of people I've talked to, a lot of people maybe in the past couple years like, I oh, we don't fishing it no more. There's nothing but dinks. There's nothing. There's no fish because they killed it. Blah blah blah. But I'm just curious now. It's like five, six years into it now. Yep. Have has the Iowa DNR? Do you guys know if that restoration was the results of it now like five six years now.
2: okay so um let's talk about that like the lake was drained down mm-hmm. and then um, a lot of restoration work was done and vegetation grew up so basically a whole lot of a lot of plants and a lot of willow trees right mm-hmm. okay so you've fished steak beds right that we we install in other lakes mm-hmm. okay so basically the, the entire bottom of easter lake was a stake bed Right, so there's a ton of habitat. Okay. Okay. And so um, we know that we got off some some really good bluegill spawns. We know that we got off some really good crappie spawns. Um, we know that there are fish in there getting bigger. Um, we know that there's walleyes in there. We know that there's um, bass in there. We know that some carp have gotten back in there. Um, but. As you approach year five, six, seven, eight after a restoration, that's when the fishing can really be phenomenal. Okay, okay. so I I don't have. I mean, I can get the data, mm-hmm. but I don't remember exactly what our surveys have shown for Easter Lake. But it is a place that I I would be fishing if it was me at this juncture. Number one, because. You should. There definitely will be more than just dinks in there, but there is so much habitat that you're you're going to have to you know work a little bit to maybe find those fish. Number mm. one. The other reason is the walleye challenge. There's prizes to be won from Bass Pro Shops. Um, there's a spinning rod and reel and, and some other prizes for catching walleyes at Easter Lake. And I'm pretty confident nobody's reported any yet. Because nobody see. Because I talked to a couple of my buddies who you know they don't
1: fish a lot. But they're like, there's walleye's in there?
2: They oh, yeah. had they had no idea. I'm like, Yeah, we put a we put a rearing pond in there. Yeah. We we put the fry in the rearing pond, we grow them up till they're two inches. They're gonna survive. There's like a half a million walleyes in there. Oh. Yeah, you know, uh uh Badger Creek, right out outside of town. We've mm-hmm. put a half a million walleyes in there in the last five years. Yeah, that you know? yeah, that was yeah. pretty recent, right?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: You know, it's there's
0: how fast do walleyes ever- grow?
1: Like how big do
2: they grow? So I was catching um, I was catching the walleyes I caught at, at Big Creek today were like ten inches. So those are fish, and I could tell because the 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 bottom fin was not pointy like you would normally expect, kind of that, and the and the amount of white. So I could tell that they're from Rathbun Hatchery because they you know swam in the concrete um, huh. pond, and so that bottom of that tail fin is a little eroded and. Right and flattened and, and rounded and not as much white so those are 10 10 to 11 inch fish that we stocked last fall and wow. those are fish that we spawned you know the previous spring so in nature um those fish are going to grow to between eight and 10 inches or between six and nine inches in the first year those walleyes and the ones that we have on feed all the time in the hatchery get a little bit bigger so yeah Bluegills can grow up to four inches in one year bass are going to be about six or seven
0: after one year hmm. yeah. I fished Easter Lake uh, last year and the water is pretty dang clear there yeah so I mean I know that was part of one of the goals with the project too mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, the watershed stuff that they're doing down there and yep. I was
2: like, wow. A lot of ponds in the watershed, yep. you know, holding that, slowing that water down as it gets in the lake. Some treatment ponds or wetlands above on Yeater Creek. So, yeah, lots, lots of work was done to try and improve things on the south side. We've invested a lot of resources, the Iowa DNR, on the, on the south side of Des Moines. Um, you know, that all that work on Easter Lake. Um, you get further south with, with the work we're doing on Aquabi. We're doing a big restoration on Aquabi and Hooper mm-hmm. Lake right now. Um, yeah,
1: the, those were a couple of lakes that we actually loved the fish a lot. How how was that restoration coming along? It's going around? really well.
2: Yeah, okay. almost done. I think uh, Hooper's refilling has refilled. I'm not hundred percent sure. I think I think we're in the process of refilling Aquabi right now. So okay. yeah,
0: stocking oh, wow. fish. Yeah, so that's basically on the tail end of it. Then oh, yeah. right? yeah yeah nice. Oh. I, and and think what was it last year? I swear, somebody caught like it was either a tilapia or an oscar out of easter lake and people were like that's a hybrid that's a bluegill something hybrid i was like uh that i'm pretty sure that's not a bluegill hybrid (laughs) because it doesn't look like any bluegill hybrid i've ever seen it's
2: not going to survive the winter but that's that's not an appropriate thing to do folks (laughs) right that's against the law yeah
0: yeah so if you guys are
1: wondering nope most likely, this is somebody who had it as a pet right. yep. and decided <clears throat> to take it out of their own tank and feeling bad for it, probably, most likely, yep. decided to just throw it in a local body of water. Yep. Do not do that. Do not do yeah. that.
0: It's counterproductive. Counterproductive. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was probably like some family, like yeah. some little kid, like, oh, just... <laughs> this- think had it in a little fish bowl and like, this fish ain't too big. Oh, we got a lake in the back of our house. water. Fresh water. Just there. throw it in there.
3: <laughs> yep.
1: And, and, and the, I mean it's a little bit it's out of ignorance. I think a lot of uh,
2: yeah. probably yeah. most I of I don't it, think there's malicious intent. No, it's no, not. But, but, it's, but it's not helpful for anything, and most of the people who are fish just, or the fish or the water body you're putting yeah. it yeah. into. And most
1: of you who listen to this probably know better. But you can also tell your counterparts if they, somebody asks you or somebody asks you like, "Hey, what should I do with this fish that I want to get rid of?" Do not throw into
0: a public body water. Re, yeah. Rehome it. That should, re-home, that's yes. that's the best option. Yeah. Rehome it. Um, and yeah. actually, I saw this post on Facebook uh, like yesterday. Um, I don't know. He was some bass fishing guy or some kind of fishing guy, but he said, "Oh, the bass are really spawning." And then he showed like the, his transducer, the back of his boat, fish eggs everywhere. And then, you know, then like a light went off in my head. That's probably how some of these shads are getting into these some bot some of these bodies oh. of water. Like I mean, I never would have thought a shad would just spawn on your boat, but I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Clean, drain, clean, drain, dry. Clean, drain, dry. Very so true. is that a law in Iowa? Yes. <laughs> so when you leave a lake, you have to clean it and dry it off. Five days. Five days. Or With, or power wash it. Definitely before you go to another lake. Yes. Okay.
1: So you guys are wondering, Fishing Kid has to ask this because somebody's got to a boat coming on soon so he he's got to follow the laws whenever he drops your boat in right
0: yeah and actually uh <laughs> after i went out on my brother-in-law's boat uh, him and my, well he was telling my sister like oh i gotta watch the boat and blah blah because uh right. and my sister's like why like what do you what do you got washing? you just came out of water fool <laughs> yeah and then he was like yo oh, well, because you could transport stuff yes. and i was like oh wow. this guy knows you know <laughs> i was surprised Hey, shout out to your brother-in-law, man. He was being responsible. That's good.
2: Very good. Glad to hear that. That means that our uh, aquatic invasive species program, the the work that we do to educate uh, boaters and anglers is working.
0: Yeah, so now I know, because when I get my own boat, here before too long, I mean, I don't have a set date or anything yet, but a couple months, guys, a couple months. I did. Very nice.
1: Can I be the first with you on maybe?
0: When that boat comes in, I'm taking that week off of work. So if you're free, all right. Yeah, if you're a free, Jeff, like, hey, awesome,
1: let's do it. I mean,
0: you be a guinea pig. Like, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not good at backing up a boat. Uh, I got a tiller, and I've never driven a tiller boat. So if you want to, you know, learn a few things with me, or maybe teach me, or you know, struggle with me for a little bit, that will be fun.
2: I think I'm going to let you learn a few lessons <laughs> first. I'll okay. go with you, man. I'll go with you. I
1: won't let you hang
0: alone. We'll learn together. We might spend an hour at the boat ramp, but we'll we'll get out there. We'll learn it. We'll I, figure I, it out.
2: I can do that part of the process <laughs> for you if if you need if you need some coaching on uh, on boat backing skills. I Yeah, if you can I coach you me back. through it, I, I'm yeah. all
0: for it. Yeah. I
2: I wouldn't do it for you because that doesn't teach you anything. Yeah. No, it doesn't <laughs> teach me anything. And
0: actually. Uh, uh, I've been on two boats in like the last couple weeks, and I'm like, no, let me do it. Like I, I need the practice. Let me get up there. True. And you know, I might struggle a little bit, but it, it might take half an hour, but we'll <laughs> we'll get out there. It's good for your development. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There so, it goes. Nice. so I'm
1: excited. So what's up, man? You got anything else for Jeff? We call before we call
0: it a uh, another refill. Uh, well, anyways, Jeff um you got anything else for us if you do not how can uh, everybody get a hold of you
2: uh jeff dot jeff.kopaska at dnr.iowa.gov and my uh that's my email and and my phone number is 515 204 happy to interact with our anglers at any time uh i mean within reason but uh but yeah i'm <laughs> i'm here to help and uh and all the Fishing survey stuff on our webpage and all the maps and, and fishing structures, all that stuff. I am I take care of all that for our anglers and for the department and uh, just trying to make our anglers as successful as they can be when they're out there fishing.
0: Yeah, or if you would just want to thank Jeff for what he does, know, like, hey, thanks for what you do. <laughs> Give him a holler.
1: For sure. And uh, everybody, we'll, we'll put all the links, everything in the show notes and everything. And then make sure, like I said, we got about, when does the, the
2: walleye challenge end? uh into june so, so we've got a uh, good five weeks to go
1: so so when once we release this episode you got literally a little bit over four weeks left so make sure you guys jump in it uh we we'll, like i say we'll put the links everything on how to contact jeffy you guys have questions uh, make sure you guys jump in the, the walleye challenge uh, huge shout out to Fire Trucker Brewery for letting us record here again. And then uh, don't forget, guys, uh, you guys come to the tap room here in Ankeny, Iowa. Uh, just let the uh, the bartenders here know that you guys listen to Beer Fish Fanatics BFF. You will actually get one dollar off your beer, your pint. That's yeah, so pretty cool. Hey, hey it's a dollar off, man. Shit. Right. And you guys, you guys help us out a little bit by telling them. Then they actually believe that people listen to us.
2: Uh, and, and along those lines, you know, uh, I know a lot of your folks um, are here in Des Moines and want to give a shout out to uh, Fleet Farm because they are huge sponsors of the Walleye Challenge. Awesome. Uh, we, we, the weekly $125 gift cards for the most walleyes caught every week, all of those nine um, gift cards are, are going out from Fleet Farm. Um, um, Sportsman's Warehouse stepped up the, the walleyes from Big Creek got some prizes coming from sportsman's warehouse we got nice. prizes coming from johnson bait and tackle we got bass uh, bass pro gave some prizes for easter lake and and for the des moines river so uh all that's good stuff uh down at uh red or and Hicklin's water's edge uh they gave the prizes for sailorville oh so all goodness. kinds of good stuff there malone motors down in monroe um yeah. Put up some money for cash prizes down at Red Rock. So a lot of good local businesses stepping up. Uh, We've got a couple businesses up in Ames. Jack's is uh, sponsoring the biggest and most walleyes caught in Boot and Story Counties. And Mucky Duck Pub is uh, um, offering, uh, I think it's $25 or $35 gift cards. And they've got just fantastic fish and chips there. And that's, uh, so yeah. A lot of good stuff.
1: Badass, man. So that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Jump into the Diwali the Challenge. That's pretty cool of everybody to do that. Uh, don't forget, everybody, go check out Fishing Kits' YouTube channel. He's almost at 3,000. woo nice. Almost. Like, literally, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you guys, most of the people, right now, if you listen to this, you're watching this, you tell your significant other <laughs> or friend or cousin or brother to subscribe to Fishing Kits. <laughs> He will get to three thousand, so I'm just nice. letting y'all know. So get on that. Uh, don't forget, check out my pop sports fishing. Uh, I I think I'm going to release a new uh, video here soon. I, I've been editing a little bit here here and there. I had a little bit of time, so like fishing video, fishing video. Oh, okay. shit! You know, I, I do fish once in a while, but <clears> it's been a while. But oh, stay tuned to us. Uh, we'll we'll have another episode. Like I said, uh, we'll be at the Iowa Beer Craft Festival. So make sure you guys follow us there, and then. um, we're, we're going to probably recap how we did on a trip that we're taking years yeah. short.
0: Yeah, we can recap while we're there. And, yeah. and before we get on too far. So we're going ha- to have to release this early this month. Yeah, we will.
3: Cool.
0: So Next week. It, it, it's going to have to come out on Memorial Day because uh, our thing was every first Monday yeah. of every month. That first Monday is until, what, the 6th? Yeah, oh, so that would yeah. be after the Iowa Beer Festival. Stupid calendar.
1: So that's why yes. we're that's why we're going to release this uh, episode a little bit earlier. Nice. So make sure, like I said, follow us, and then uh, in that that Iowa Beer. Yeah, we'll, we'll recap because we have a fishing trip. Fishing kit. is taking a fishing trip with me. not out fishing, and we're going to catch some fish. Hopefully, nice. Well Good set. luck, boys. <laughs> there you guys go. Other than that, man, appreciate everybody listening to this far. Till next time. All right. See ya.
2: See ya.